Let's open up our Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter number 12. Hope y'all didn't wear out all y'all energy worshiping with the choir. Luke, chapter number 12, I do uh, have something I would like to share with you that is very important that we understand. Luke, chapter 12, we're only going to read one verse of scripture, so you're not going to be standing very long. And that is, that is verse number 10, Luke 12, verse number 10. up on the screen here if you don't have your Bibles with you. The scripture says and whosoever shall speak a word against the son of man. Notice it does not say words plural but just a word singular. Whosoever shall speak a word against the son of man it shall be forgiven him. But unto him that blasphemeth against the Holy Ghost it shall not be forgiven him so I want to speak today on that subject blasphemy I want us to understand what blasphemy is Lord in the name of Jesus have your way speak to our hearts here today Lord this is your church we are your people God these are your sheep and I am your vessel now help me Lord that I will speak every word that is intended I pray that my flesh will not get in the way help me Lord in Jesus name we pray everybody say amen you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The word blasphemy, just by definition, is speaking evil, slanderous, reproachful, even abusive against our Lord God. I'm going to say that again so that we understand the definition of blasphemy. It is speaking evil against God. It is speaking slanderous against God, reproachful against the Lord and even abusive against our Lord God. The word blasphemy in today's society in our world is used very loosely. We can be talking about a sporting event. We've seen that the Houston Astros just won another World Series. And a couple years ago, they won a World Series, but yet they were found cheating in order to win that World Series. Many would consider that to be blasphemy. For those of you, Brother Kyle, that is Chicago Cubs fans, and Brother Eric, that is a St. Louis Cardinal fan, if someone was to say that either one of those teams would win the World Series next year, somebody probably would consider that blasphemy. <laughs> blasphemy is used very loosely in our today's world, and our today's culture. But we need to understand what the biblical meaning of blasphemy is. Well, we need to go to the book of Matthew as we concur with the book of Luke, chapter number 12, verse number 10 that we read. Let's also go to the book of Matthew. Matthew 12, starting at verse number 31. Look what it says here. It says, wherefore I say unto you. So this is Jesus speaking here. He says, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. All manner of sin and blasphemy is forgiven unto men. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. So clearly we see here that there is a difference in the type of blasphemy that one can do. There are certain blasphemy or blasphemers that will be forgiven. But then there is a certain type of blasphemy that the byline 
Bible highlights here that will not be forgiven. The scripture goes on to say, and whosoever speaketh a word against the son of man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him. And this is important here because it goes on to say, neither in this world. So not while you are alive, you will not be forgiven if you blaspheme against the Holy Ghost. So I think this is very important that we understand what blasphemy is and that we don't commit that sin. Because not only will it not be forgiven in this world, but the Bible says neither in the world to come so you will be eternally lost you will be eternally damned if you blaspheme against the holy ghost blasphemy against the holy ghost or the holy spirit the very one that dwelled on the inside of the son of man that we are speaking about or the bible highlights here in scripture that is the man christ jesus that is what will not be forgiven unto you. So to make it plainly, when people say there is no God, that is blasphemy. You cannot say that there is no God with intention of believing that there is no God because you have just committed blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. Matter of fact, the Bible says in the book of Psalms chapter 14, the fool saith in his heart, there is no God. So when people say there is no God, they have committed blasphemy. When people say the Bible is a lie, they have committed blasphemy how have they have committed blasphemy because remember you cannot blaspheme against the holy ghost or the holy spirit so when people say that the bible is a lie they have committed blasphemy the scripture says in john chapter 6 verse number 63 the words jesus says the words that i speak unto you they are spirit and they are life. So one cannot say that they believe in God, but they don't believe in the Bible. Or they cannot say that I believe in God, but the Bible is a lie. What you have done is you have now separated God and his word. You cannot separate God and his word. You cannot do that. You cannot say you believe in one, but you don't believe in the other. You must believe in both. Because the book of John also lets us know in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. Word means logos. Logos means plan. So in the beginning, God had a plan and the plan was with God the word was with God because the plan was with God and that plan uh, excuse me was God so the word was God you cannot separate God and his word does that make sense everyone you cannot separate so you cannot say God is real but the Bible is a lie if the Bible's a lie then that means God is a lie 
Mm -hmm. So you cannot separate them because the word and God are one. They are one in the same God and the word as we see here in John 1, 1, that in the beginning was that word or was the plan and the plan was with God and the plan was God. And so when you understand that word is logos or plan, now you can understand verse number 14 and the plan became flesh. The plan from the beginning became flesh. So God became flesh. Why did God become flesh? Because that was the plan from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so now we can understand that, that God became flesh because that was his plan from the beginning. And that plan was given to Eve. That plan was given to Eve if you go to the book of Genesis chapter number three. The plan was spoken to Eve in the book of Genesis in a promise. Genesis chapter number three, starting at verse number 14. The scripture says, and the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. We understand the story here. If you don't, let me just summarize it very quickly. This is when the serpent be gold or tricked Eve into taking the fruit, not only taking of it, but eating of it. There's a point there that I need to make that you need to understand. Eve did not sin when she held the fruit in her hand. She sinned when she ate of the fruit. So you don't sin just because you're thinking about the wrong thing. You just need to ask the Lord, God, get a hold of my mind so I stop thinking about those things. You sin when you partake in the things that you are thinking about. So oftentimes we need to pray that Lord help my mind because the enemy will work on your mind to where now you begin to say, well, if I'm thinking about it, I might as well go ahead and do it. No, that's a lie. You can be thinking about it, but that don't mean you need to take the action in it. All right. So he, he, he says in verse number 15, and I will put enmity, enmity or friction, division between thee and the woman. Now, why would enmity be, be between the woman and Satan and not man and Satan? Because the woman is the one who brings about reproduction. That is validated in the scripture. That's why it goes on to say in verse number 15, that's why it says between thy seed and her seed. And so it goes on to say, it shall bruise thy head. It is speaking of the coming Messiah. This was a prophetic word given unto Eve by God here in the book of Genesis that there is a promise that is coming. It was God's way of saying that it's not over. I'm coming to destroy the works of the devil. Plus here, this was a prophetic word that God was giving unto Eve. Your seed, your offspring, one that is coming will bring reconciliation to all mankind. So Eve, you are disconnected. Adam, you are disconnected from me now, but what you produce out of you is going to bring your deliverance. I'm going to say that one more time. What you bring or produce out of you is going to bring your deliverance. In other words, if I can put it in modern day's language, what you produce out of you will determine your deliverance. Now let me pause there for a moment. What you produce 
out of you will determine your deliverance if we jog our memory just very quickly and we'll come back to blasphemy if we jog our memory back to the book of first samuel if you remember how first samuel opens it opens speaking of a man named elkanah who had two wives now anytime you read in scripture where a man had two women you ought to pay attention very closely because anytime I see where a man had more than one woman, it never worked out too good for that man. And every woman ought to say, thank you, Lord. Uh, amen. That is so true. It never worked out. So, and here he had these two women, Penina and Hannah. Well, Penina was able to have children. Hannah, her womb was shut up, but her womb was shut up from God. She could not have children. Now, the thing is, is that Hannah wanted children, but she could not have them. And not only did she want children, but her name also meant favor so here Hannah her name means favor but she has nothing to show for what God has given her a name that means something that she's not able to produce that God has favor on her life it's like someone coming to speak over you saying that you're going to be blessed of God but yet you don't see anything that even resembles the blessings of God well I wish I was preaching to a real church in here and so here's Hannah her name means favor but she has nothing to show for it. but yet Hannah refused to allow her state to stop her from worshiping and believing that God was going to give her something that belonged to her and so one day she's in the temple praying and the prophet Eli walks in and sees her praying and the Bible says that her heart was sorrowful that nothing was coming out of her mouth only her lips moved so now the prophet Elijah marked her mouth and assumed that she was drunk but Hannah says I'm not drunk prophet I just have a sorrowful heart the woman that's living in my house that's married to my husband she's able to produce my name means favor but I'm not able to give him anything that resembles my name and so now the prophet looks at Hannah and says because you have cried unto the Lord the Lord God of Israel is going to grant you your petition the Bible says that Hannah as soon as she heard that word that her countenance begins to change and then the bible says the next day that hannah woke up and began to worship the lord now that is a principle that we all need to understand here this morning that hannah was given a word and from that word she began to rejoice see some of you are missing that right there hannah didn't wait on the promise to show up she started worshiping before the promise even showed up uh huh. She began to magnify the Lord before the child even came. All she needed was a word from God. And some of you are holding on to a word and you're still sitting down with your mouth shut, waiting on the promise to show up. But God is saying, I've already gave you a word. So you ought to stand to your feet, lift your voice, and say, Lord, I'm praising you based off the word. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Now, can, can, can I take this a little further and we'll get back to blasphemy? Okay, let me take this a little further. So that means, now you know that Hannah produced Samuel. All right? 
Hannah produced Samuel. What was Samuel? Samuel was a prophet. So Hannah produced a prophet from her worship. Some of you are going to get that here in a second. Hannah produced a prophet from her worship. Hannah produced a prophetic word from her worship. Let me take it a little bit further. See, some of you are waiting on a man of God to come tell you what you need to do. When God is saying, no, you need to worship because out of your mouth will produce... I'm getting excited all by myself. I'm telling you, you don't need a man of God to come tell you what you need to do. You just need to open up your mouth and believe that a prophetic word can come out of your mouth. Hallelujah. And what you produce out of you will bring your deliverance. You don't need to wait on somebody to tell you you're delivered. You need to praise him as if you're already set free. You need to magnify him and believe that God has already done it. Because from her worship produced a Samuel. And from your worship can produce a Samuel in your life. Amen. I know that's good preaching. I'm encouraging myself. Hallelujah. Let's get back to blasphemy. Let's get back. Let's get back. So, so when we go back to blasphemy, that, 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 I, just, I just preach myself happy right there. Let's get back to blasphemy. So let, let's go to, we need to understand, let's go to 2 Timothy now, okay? 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. We're going to start at verse number one. The Bible says this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now how many believe we are in those last days? Yes. For men, he's telling us this is what we're going to see in the last days. This is it right here. For men shall be lovers of who? Their own self. Amen. They will be covetous. They'll want things that other people have. They'll be bolsters. We see that all over social media. Social media has helped implement that. It's all about you. It's all about me. It's all about, look at this. It's all about how many likes, how many comments. And if I don't get enough, then I'm going to take it down because that must not have been a good picture of me. They'll be proud. You can hardly tell anybody what to do. You can give folks Bible and they still won't listen to it. They'll be proud because every man is right in his own eyes. They'll be proud. Look what it says. Blasphemers. They will be blasphemers. Go to verse number five. Verse number five says, having a form of godliness. A form of godliness. You better be very careful who you position yourself around. Because mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of people that looked apart. They may even talk the part sometimes, but they're not the part. They'll have the form of godliness, but they'll deny the power thereof. That's a blasphemer. That's a blasphemer. When you see God moving and you deny that it's not God moving, that's a blasphemer. Mm -hmm. It's a blasphemer. The Bible says from such don't be around those people. Get away from them. Turn away from them. Don't hang around those people because there's blasphemers. 
So we, we, we must understand that there's certain blaspheming that God will forgive, but that's when you do it against the son of man or against Jesus Christ, people that deny Jesus. But when you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, the thing that was on the inside of Jesus Christ, God says, I'm not going to forgive you for that. If you ever deny that I even exist, I'm not going to forgive that. If you deny his word and say that it's a lie, I'm not going to forgive that. That's blasphemy again. Y'all need to understand this is important because not only will you not be forgiven in this world, you won't be forgiven on the day of judgment. You are eternally lost. Forever. You deny there's a God. You deny his word. You deny the spirit that the Holy Spirit doesn't exist. It's not real. That's blasphemy. But look, 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 look what happens here because the Apostle Paul was a blasphemer. Ooh, can I give somebody some encouraging word here? The Apostle Paul was a blasphemer. And some may ask, well, how was the Apostle Paul a blasphemer? Because he blasphemed against the Son of Man, not against the Holy Ghost. It explains it in 1 Timothy chapter number 1. Look what it says here. Verse number 13. He says, Paul speaking unto Timothy, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did my blaspheming in ignorance. Because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Look what it says. He goes on to say, and the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. This is when blasphemy can be forgiven because you do it ignorantly not knowing better. There are many here today that were blasphemers in your ignorance but now you have obtained mercy. And someone ought to be thankful for the exceeding abundant grace of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> there was a time when you and I were ignorant and didn't recognize who was taking care of us. We were ignorant and didn't realize who was watching over us. We were ignorant even when you were at your lowest point, not realizing and knowing that if the Lord was not there, if the Lord was not with you, you wouldn't be where you are right now. And I refuse to not to give my God the glory for taking care of me. I'm no longer a blasphemer. There was a point in my life when I didn't give him praise for protecting me. But now I know who wakes me up. But now I know who strengthens my body. Now I know. <laughs> there was a time when I didn't say thank you Jesus. And I just took everything for granted. But now I'm not ignorant anymore. I know he's worthy of my praise. 
I was a blasphemer. I sure was. I can't account for you. You, you got to make that up between you and God. But I was a blasphemer. I didn't give the Lord glory as I should have. I was denying the son of man at, at one point, not, not thinking that he was the one that was the one protecting me and keeping me. That's why I've changed my vocabulary. <laughs> can, can I dive into that a little bit? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so I, I, I don't use words like luck anymore. <laughs> I've changed my vocabulary. I'm not lucky. I'm blessed. <laughs> what? I may not be speaking to you, but I'm preaching to myself this morning. There's no luck in my life. I'm blessed. It's not lucky that I'm standing here. It's God's protection. It's his provision. He's the one that's taking care of me. He's the one that's provided for me. It's not luck. It's favor. It's not luck. It's the glory of the Lord, the anointing of God on my life. Some ought to praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because you know you are favored of God. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. So you can wish me good luck if I was go play a ball game. Amen. Go play a ball game. You can wish me good luck all you want. But nothing about my life is lucky. I'm not lucky to be here. I'm blessed to be here. I'm not lucky to be here. It's only because of the goodness of the Lord. I refuse to be a blasphemer. Those days are over. I used to say, yeah, lucky, lucky me, lucky me. No, I was blaspheming against the son of man. But now I know it's because of Jesus. Now I know he's the one that wakes me up. He's the one that gives me strength. He's the one that protects me. He's the one that makes me whole. He's the one that puts food on my table. He's the one that puts a roof over my head. He's the one that provides clothes on my back. He's the one that gives me strength in my body. Well, I'm encouraged myself because I know that he is the one yeah. amen yeah. my memory was jogged back uh, brother Davis reminded me he said brother Robinson I I was just thinking the other day how we were traveling to Noah's ark hmm and how that I, I, I'm, I'm done preaching uh -huh. yes and how we was traveling to, to Noah's Ark and we were on our way those of you that was going wheels on that bus and that bus gonna go all the way off the road into a lower terrain to a ditch area and that whole bus tilted it came up off the ground it came now you mean to tell me a, a, a 65 plus passenger bus comes up off the ground everybody's looking at the ground to the left all the weight on that bus and you mean to tell me I'm lucky You mean to tell me I'm lucky that bus should have rolled over multiple times I probably shouldn't even be here right now but because of the blessings of God because of the protection of the Lord I'm not lucky I'm blessed somebody clap your hands unto the Lord magnify the name of Jesus yes Lord yes Lord yeah 
Some of you have testimonies where God has been right there with you the whole time. Some of you have testimonies where you know you probably shouldn't be here right now, where bullets have flown around. You've been in car accidents. You've been laying up in a hospital. You're not lucky to be lucky God has had his hand on your life the entire time hallelujah I remember sister Francesca I remember when we got on that bus I began to pray as we always do before we go somewhere but I remember saying these specific words I remember saying Lord I pray that your angels will surround round about us see some see we can't take our words very lightly and when I believe I prayed that prayer that God dispatched angels down on that bus knowing that we were going to lean one time and his angels just said don't worry about it you've already prayed you're already covered I'm gonna go ahead and set that thing I'm gonna go ahead and set that thing back down because I'm not lucky I'm loved I'm not lucky you're loved you're loved by the Savior you're loved by the master somebody clap your hands lift your voice magnify that name of Jesus Christ Come on, is he worthy, church? Is he worthy? I shouldn't have to pump and prime you. Come on, I shouldn't have to pump and prime you. He's worthy. He's worthy. Come on, let's stand to our feet and just magnify the Lord together. So, so church... We're no longer a blasphemer because we recognize the Son of Man. We're no longer blasphemers. We used to be. We used to do it in ignorance. We used to not recognize the name of the Lord. We used to not recognize that there is a God. Some of us used to be that way. But just like God forgave Paul because he did it in ignorance and unbelief. God is able to forgive you because oftentimes we do things in ignorance not recognizing that God's been with you the entire time why does it take for us sometimes to go through some of the harshest situations just to realize Lord you love me Lord you've been with me why does God have to take us through some of the lowest valleys just to grab our attention sometimes he has to do that he had to do that with me but I'm so thankful that I can stand here today knowing there's no luck in it there wasn't nothing lucky about it I didn't get dealt the right set of cards I'm trying to remove this American culture that has been instilled into all of us saying luck my set of cards this is the way things are no we stand on this word right here this is it right here we don't separate God in this and if his word says I'm blessed then I'm blessed <laughs> if his word says I am healed then I believe that God's touching my body 
If God says his blood is covering me, that he's with me, that every step that I take, he's ordering my steps, then I've got to believe everywhere I go, God's with me. Why? Because I'm not lucky. I'm just loved. Come on, if you know that you're loved, lift your hands one more time as we sing unto the Lord. Come on, worship him, worship him.